Well, hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brace, and it's showtime on this beautiful Saturday morning right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. Here in July, right after our wonderful July 4th celebration, folks. This is a great summer, a great global warming Saturday. We appreciate you folks being with us every Saturday morning right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. If you live in the southeast Pennsylvania, folks, you're tuning in because you know. You know that you're going to get expert opining on the issues and facts of the day from a perspective that you just don't get anywhere else. So that's why you tune in to us, and we appreciate it so very much. We've been doing this now for five years, and folks, you've, you've made us what we are, and we just thank you for that. Whether you live in Jenkintown, folks, or Abington, or whether you live in Philadelphia, or King of Prussia, or Pottstown, you can tune in to us, or I don't care if you live anywhere on planet Earth, you can tune in to us. On the internet, every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. So thanks for being with us. Folks, we've got a crime scene in the White House. That's right, a White, a White House crime scene that we need to get to the bottom of. Cocaine was found in the West Wing, and we're going to jump into that today. We're going to also talk about Biden's unemployment numbers and his uh, his, des- his, uh, his inflation nation and unemployment nation as as the uh, employment numbers decrease, unemployment does increase. People leave the job market. We talk a little bit about that, and I guess we could talk a little bit about how, um, how the solar panels um, are being promoted by this O'Biden administration, while at the same time he is now talking about how to deflect the sun's rays. That's right, folks. He wants to use spray up in the sky. He wants to. Throw some chemicals in the atmosphere to block the sun. That's right, folks. We may talk about that, too. There's just a whole lot to talk about with this insane communist policy. And uh, we're going to jump right into it at the speed of sound. So fasten your seatbelts. And here we go. Folks, we have a uh, we have a crime scene at the White House. And I just think that's uh, very compelling. I want us to, to look into that. I mean, um, it... it Cocaine, okay, Biden's White House turned crime scene as law enforcement hunts for the culprit. You know, when you look at it, you realize only a handful of people could actually have um, have access to the West Wing, yet but they found cocaine there. I just think that's very, very telling, okay? You had uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre running for cover when she's asked questions, and of course, you've got photo evidence proving her wrong, okay, that's it's cocaine. At the White House, okay, now you've got the House Oversight Committee launching probes into the cocaine being at the White House, folks, and, uh, you know, we want to know whose coke it is, because average people just can't get into the situation room, so we have to ask the question, because, you know, you're not going to hear this too much on, on mainstream media. I mean, we, we've turned the, uh, the White House has now been turned into a crime scene. Look, possession of cocaine, which is classified as a schedule two drug under the U.S. Controlled Substance Act is a misdemeanor in Washington, D.C., according to Reuters, but but it's possible by up to 180 days of six months in jail at a $1,000 fine. So I guess in Washington, D.C., they don't see cocaine as being very serious. Well, folks, cocaine can kill people, and what they're lacing it with today anyway is very, very scary because it's all coming over, fentanyl coming over from the border. And all these illegal drugs that are coming over from the border, they're probably lacing and, and, and cutting the cocaine with that. But the Secret Service is handling or leading the investigation into how the blow got into the White House. 
Okay, so reportedly reviewing tapes and entrance logs. So they're looking to see whose cocaine is this, okay? So the FBI is also involved, and, uh, you know, they're looking at it as well. I have all the confidence in the world that Merrick Garland's No Justice Department is going to get to the bottom of this, uh, probably by uh, Christmas of 2028, uh, if, you, if he has the opportunity to look into it. I don't think Merrick Garland could figure out a cheese sandwich if you spotted them the provolone and the pumpernickel, okay? But look, the, the bag containing the cocaine remained in the federal laboratory where it will be tested for DNA and fingerprints. So this is interesting. They're going to find out whose it is. By They're going to test for fingerprints. Now, we know Hunter Biden's been fingerprinted, but I don't know if Biden has been. So we wonder if this is all Biden's blow that he had his little stash there to help give him energy to do his press conferences. I don't know. The substance is going to undergo a full chemical analysis, okay? The investigation could reportedly take a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, that'll take enough time for it to die down. What they're probably doing right now in, in the press conferences is trying to figure out how they can get the, 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 the media to blow over on all this so something else comes up and takes up the airways just so this doesn't have to be on the airways. So why don't we just pretend we can come up? We, I mean, here we are, the, the most elaborate investigative agency on planet earth okay we have all the resources everywhere on planet earth okay and it's going to take us two weeks to find out to get the fingerprint test mask i mean i look I, I don't think that they're trying very hard okay i don't think they want i don't think they want answers very quickly i think they're kind of concerned about whose blow this is i i think that this cocaine is probably under biden's or somebody they don't know whose it is but this is the culture you have in washington folks think about it what kind of countercultural profane reprobates did Joe Biden employ and are in the situation room, which is, by the way, the room that determines foreign policy and how we react and act, if you will, and react to uh, other foreign policy intrusions on our foreign policy? I heard it said one time, you don't have foreign policy unless you have an army, okay? Well, we have an army, but... Uh, you know, we got people in the Situation Room, which are the the people leading the free world and uh, leading the foreign policy, if you will, across the free world. And our, you know, our reactions, if you will, to their intrusions on, on things like airspace and whatnot. And near misses, if you will, near hits, if you want to call them, in the South China Sea, uh, things like that. So, So we've got people now that are trying to make like, uh, they're in the situation room and they're strung out on cocaine and they're making these decisions, or at least people that we know, there's somebody there in the situation room who's doing cocaine. We want to know who the heck that is. And I'm amazed, I'm amazed that this is not on the 24-7 news cycles. I'm just amazed that there's no outrage. I'm amazed that you don't hear guys like Joe Scarborough out there that completely upside down with this and infuriated that, that these that these Jacobin revolutionaries, or at least surprised that these Jacobin revolutionaries would be snorting or shooting up or whatever cocaine, ingesting cocaine somehow, uh, it would be surprised. I think you know he's not shocked like we are. Okay, we're shocked that cocaine got past the security, and we're even more shocked that there's people on the payroll in the Situation Room, okay, who uh, who do cocaine, okay, who party with cocaine and likely other drugs, okay. But um, obviously, this is the culture that's there. So the same culture that is okay with pornography being in our children's elementary schools, okay, is the same people 
who are okay with this. The same people who are okay with our children in school getting getting gender transition surgery, okay, without mom and dad knowing about it, are the same people that are bringing cocaine into the situation room. Okay, the same people who want to teach hate in our schools uh, by 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 advocating racism in our schools are the same people that are bringing cocaine into the situation room. This is the culture. The same people who want to outlaw gas cars in lieu of uh, electric cars with no travel range at all, expensive operations that way, those same people who want to block out the sun's rays, okay, with chemicals in the atmosphere, because actually it's getting too warm for them, the climate is getting too warm, they don't want it, those same people are the, are the people who, who, who have cocaine in the situation room. This is the culture you bring in. Okay, when you bring these people in, you know, you can expect this sort of thing, okay? Like I said, these are the people that pass laws uh, who want to measure every mile that people travel so they can tax you. These are the same people who want to hire an army of IRS agents so they can crawl through the bank accounts of millions of Americans, okay? These are the same people who want to uh, teach America last an economics class. These are the same people, okay, who 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 want to who want to compare the Ukrainian war to, to a Harry Potter movie, okay. These are the same people, okay, who want to perpetuate the killing over there in the Ukraine, okay. And 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 and, and here they are with drugs, illegal drugs in the situation room. This is an amazing phenomenon, okay. Now, anonymous officials are already telling the media that the culprit may not be found. So now this is already coming out. They can't. They may not be able to figure it out. So of all the top secret clearances there is to get into the West Wing, to get into the West Wing, of all the clearances and all that's going on with all these security apparatuses, they may not figure out who has the, whose cocaine it is. Now, of course, we on this show understand very clearly that is called the double standard in the no justice department. This is what we expect from these people. We don't expect these people to reveal who it is who actually brought the illegal drugs into the West Wing. We don't expect this. We, we don't expect these people to solve the crime scene. Okay? We don't. Okay? They will put no resources in to try to solve this problem. There'll be no effort to figure out whose cocaine it really is. They don't want to know. That's why they're saying, look, we'll find out in a few weeks. I mean, we'll know something more. Because by then, the news cycles will shift enough. There'll be something else to talk about. And then everyone will forget about the cocaine in the White House. This is what they're hoping for. But we on this show will be talking about it for quite some time. Because I cannot believe that there's cocaine in the White House in the West Wing. Okay. Here we are in the verge of World War III in the Ukraine, and these people are strung out on cocaine that are trying to, basically, are supposedly the leaders of the free world here, trying to figure out how to create peace over there. Okay, these are the same people who declare that we're fighting for democracy in the Ukraine. We're the fighting for the for the, for the advancement of democracy in the Ukraine when their, their champion of democracy, Zelensky, just canceled all elections in the Ukraine. These are the same people who declare that the canceling of those elections is no big deal. Okay, well, folks, it is a big deal to us on this show, and it's a big deal that 
have cocaine in the West Wing. Okay, I'm amazed at this, but this is, but I'm not surprised. I guess I had an old friend of mine. He said to me one time, I'm always amazed, but never surprised. This doesn't surprise us because this is the culture, isn't it, folks? We're not surprised that this is what's happening because we know that this is what we get when we bring these people, these reprobates, these depraved people into the White House. This is what you get. Okay, you get you get all night parties, you get all night binges. Okay, folks, cocaine destroys people's way of thinking and destroys your ability to make sense of anything. So when we on this show declare, okay, that it's crazy to have a continue this war in Ukraine because Ukrainians don't have an army left, instead of recognizing the insanity of continuing this war. These lunatics that are snorting cocaine and strung out all the time on these binges are likely thinking, okay, well, we can figure this out another way. Let's send the Poles and the, and the Lithuanians in there. Well, I know, I know. Let's send some cluster bombs over there. They're looking for any way possible to, uh, to elevate this and to catapult this into something more. They want, they want this, this Russian Cuban missile crisis that we're in right now. See, just to go back to go back 55 or 60 years ago, to go back 60 years ago, the 1963 when they had the Cuban Missile Crisis. Okay, the Cuban Missile Crisis 60 uh, 60 years ago uh, was the result of the Russians trying to get into Cuba with with strategic arms and nuclear weapons, and they wanted to create bases in Cuba. The Russians wanted to have a satellite satellite launching point if you will in our hemisphere i.e 90 miles from florida okay so they tried to set things up in cuba and our john f kennedy would say cuba cuba and uh he wanted to set things up in cuba and uh you know uh basically uh kennedy said uh cuba is off limits so cuba is off limits and if you don't get out of cuba we're gonna come after you so it was uh Brez, no, it wasn't Brezhnev. It was uh, oh golly, I can't think of the guy's name. The guy that was slamming his shoe on the on the on the on the table at the UN. I can't think of his name. But the guy before Brezhnev. But anyway, heavy communist in Russia. Uh, basically, they the, he challenged the Russians, and the Russians backed down. And uh, it's really an amazing thing. I mean, like I said, it almost we almost came to blows with the Russian bear in 1963. Um, with, with our nuclear war. Well, here we are today, fast forward 60 years later, and we have a situation here now where um, you have the Russians are seeing us trying to set up a Cuban missile crisis, or why don't we say a Ukrainian missile crisis, by our trying to set up a satellite country, if you will, where we can, a launching off point, which is uh, 90 miles from the Ukrainian boy, I should say, which is literally a few miles from the Russian border and a few hundred miles from Moscow. I mean, this is the reality, folks. This is what the Russians are fighting for. And also to understand in the Russian theater, but also European theater, of all these different uh, groups of people, all these different, uh, you know, type, all these people, all these different cultures, okay, over there, uh, live, and the borders in Europe have been changing frequently, Many times over the last thousand years, dozens and dozens of times, the borders change. So there's no there's no big change here. 
The Russians wanted the Donbass region, which is inhabited by Russians in Ukraine. They said, all right, we'll just go to annex this because they're all Russians anyway. And uh, they took Crimea in 2014. Okay, we know that. So, you know, they, they, they went in there and they did all this to try to upset the Ukraine. And O'Biden wanted to set off, well, a, a, a Ukrainian missile crisis. This is what we're involved in. So anyway, they want more of this to take up the media than they do this, the, the, the crime scene that was discovered at the White House. I guess there was some independent journalist, Andrew Layden, uh, first took video and photos of the D.C. Fire Department Azmet truck, um, a special operations unit in an ambulance arriving at the White House, uh, you know, a few days ago. And uh, he takes all of that. You see the Azmet crews going in there. But a website that archives the fire department and police dispatches captured the crew's radio dispatches. Uh, it said, we have a yellow bar stating cocaine hydrochloride. One of the responders on the scene radio back, according to the dispatch at 849 in the morning. Another dispatch said the substance was found in the library. However, since then, details surrounding the discovery of the cocaine have evolved. That's right, evolved. Isn't that amazing? How can a crime scene change? Only in the White House can they get away with it. They have a crime scene in the White House, and the the circumstances surrounding the, the crime scene have evolved. Now, that, my friends, is something I, I, I'm kind of curious on, because why or how can a crime scene evolve? Okay, I'm, I'm just curious, uh, you know, how that could happen. Because when you look at, when you look at evolve, okay, and you understand that what evolve even means, okay, means to emerge or derive, okay, expand, okay. So the fact that a crime scene is is changing, growing, okay, maturing. What I'm wondering is, a crime scene is a crime scene. How can a crime scene evolve into anything? Okay, you would not think a crime scene would evolve. A crime scene is set, okay. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't change as it grows older. Okay, it, that's what I'm trying to say. I think there's something. There's something missing here. So we have to ask the questions. As I stated, I don't understand how they can get out of it. But they're saying that this is crime scene's evolving. So the Secret Service called it an unknown item. Okay, uh, on the White House complex during a routine patrol. So now the Washington Post, I mean, that's the great paper that won a Pulitzer for claiming Russian, uh, that Trump colluded with the Russians, okay? That was the, that was the paper that, <clears throat> that won a Pulitzer for that. And we know that was a big, giant lie. So the Washington Post actually won a Pulitzer for publishing lies. That's right. They won a Pulitzer for publishing lies, okay? And uh, anyway, they, they uh, reported it was white powder that indicated positive for cocaine. So the Secret Service said it was undergoing additional testing. So why don't we take that stuff and run it under, under additional testing? Okay. So the New York Times reported just a couple of days ago that the substance found in the work area of the West Wing, not in the library. So now it goes from the library to the work area. So I think that's interesting as well. Okay. Because you had the fire department say it was found in the library. I'm wondering if they found some in the library and they found some in the West Wing. I don't know. But whatever the case is, uh, I guess uh, very, uh, you know, you have NBC News, which is not known uh, for slanting the news too much. 
uh, or or you know doctoring audio tapes or things like that. They're not new. They're not known for that. I guess not too much. Uh, they reported that the additional testing confirmed the substance was in fact cocaine, and that it was found in a small zippered bag in a highly trafficked trafficked part traffic park of the West Wing. So it was in the West Wing. But after all, there's all these people in the West Wing now that trakes back and forth. And this was probably dropped. It was in a zippered bag. So it was dropped on the floor. Somebody picked it up. My goodness, could be one of many people. I mean, look at all the people that are in the West Wing, right? Think about it, folks. This is the most secure place. One of the most secure places on planet Earth, the West Wing. Think about it. Where on planet Earth is it, is it more secure than the White House West Wing? So how these people got in is unbelievable. Now, Reuters is reporting that the cocaine was found in a cubbyhole in a West Wing entry area where visitors place electronics before going on tours. So now they're saying there's a chance it could be a tourist who put their cocaine in there. So here we go. This is this must be this must be the evolving, the evolving crime scene. This is what they mean evolving. Where the story's changing, possibilities are coming in. Now we're going to try to tie this to some poor tourists, okay? After all, just any tourist at all can go into the West Wing and, you know, take a tour. I mean, we know that. We we don't know who these people are, or do we? I mean, we don't know who they are, okay? I mean, that's ridiculous. Just the sound of that makes it ridiculous. Somebody going on a tour dropped off or hid the cocaine in a cubbyhole. Again, officials are not revealing how much was discovered, only describing it was a small amount. In my guess is, folks, it, who knows, could be an ounce, could be a half ounce, could be five ounces. We don't know how much it is. White House officials have sought to put distance between the discovery and o Biden and his family. Oh, wait a minute. That must be the evolving crime scene. So they're evolving the crime scene to establish distance. So the evolving crime scene is being evolved by White House officials who are trying to put distance between O'Biden and his family and the cocaine. Now we're starting to see this, right? Okay. Now we're starting to see how this is coming around. Let's blame this on some poor tourists, okay? Let's blame this on on, on one of those deranged, depraved reprobates that are on the uh, O'Biden's military staff, okay? I don't know. Somebody brought the cocaine in. Whose cocaine is it? Okay, well, why don't we wait a few weeks? We'll try to see what we learn. This is what the this is what we're getting from White House officials and the Secret Service. Okay, so John Pierre said there were West Wing tours. My goodness, we had tours last week. <clears throat> that it's not yet clear how long the cocaine was in the White House. Not even clear. And now, so the evolving crime scene takes it from finding it on the floor to finding it in a cubbyhole. So we got all these different, well, evolving points. So all these, as the facts are evolving, isn't it funny? Do facts evolve, folks? Do they really evolve? You know, I, I think we we have to understand where they found the cocaine is a fact. Okay, so how you take it from the floor to a cubbyhole, okay, and how we're not able to know how much it is. I mean, we don't know basic stuff. They are keeping all these details from us. They're they're not revealing the details because once those facts come out, it's sort of like when a criminal 
who breaks the law, who commits a crime and is arrested and is being questioned by the police, they're Mirandized. They're Mirandized because they don't have to, they don't have to uh, incriminate themselves. They don't have to say anything that is going to incriminate themselves, self-incriminate. They don't have to. And anything they say can and will be used against them. So the police will lock them into a story. Once they lock certain facts down, they are able then to figure out the details and break that down. It's not an evolving crime scene. The police go to a crime scene, they get the facts, they know the facts. <clears throat> All right, there's no evolution of, of facts, okay? They know what's there. Now, the drugs and drives that go out to the media, that's the evolving crime scene. So the word evolving is sort of descriptive of how the facts will come out on this. There'll be no report of the crime scene, okay, because after all, the West Wing, even though it's a public White House, and the United States public own the White House, and even though the President of the United States is the most powerful person in planet Earth, okay, and the people in the West Wing in the Situation Room, well, after all, they're in charge of the military and in charge of a military apparatus, a nuclear apparatus, okay, that's unmatched on planet Earth. These are the people who have been, you know, who are basically there. And so now what's happening is they're trying to say, okay, well, we didn't, you know, they're not releasing facts. They're, they're, they're not telling you how much cocaine and obviously where they found it and all this other stuff. Now, now they're basically, that this is what's happened. Drugs and drugs information comes out. So they can evolve. So the the crime scene is factual. They know about it. But how they report it to the public will be the evolution of it. They will report information. They'll throw some information out over here. They'll show some different information out over here. They'll throw some different information out over here. So that you get two or three different reports on different aspects of the facts. So there's going to be different sets of facts that they put out there. All of which are real facts anyway. The word facts is kind of a, an anathema to the whole thing. It's, 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 it's absurd to even call what I'm saying. They're not, they're, not, they're not facts that are going to be reported. Misinformation is more like it. They'll put different misinformation points out there to confuse the public. That's their goal. They want to confuse the public. So they want to confuse the public. And to do that, they're going to put misinformation out there. In different points. For instance, the amount of cocaine will be misinformed in, in different ways and different points. Where it was found will be misinformed in different points. Okay, they'll have different communication points on that. But it's all misinformation. And now, and now they're going to say, and it's in the West Way, but after all, there's visitors that are going on tours, and this was now found in a place where the electronics goes, the little cubby holes where they put their electronics. So that was now changed, where they found it, how much it is. And now they're trying to link it to some poor tourists, okay, so we know that. And now we got Jean Pierre out there saying, well, there were tours, you know, and they don't even know how long it's been there. So, and, and she gets into this is this cocaine was discovered in a heavily traveled area where many, many West Wing visitors come through. Again, anything they do, they, they're trying to evolve the information that's leaked out to the public so that they can get everybody confused as to what really happened. So the Justice Department, or I should say the No Justice Department and the Secret Service, aren't they really trying to get the facts here? If John, Rep if John Pierre is reporting something here, 
And you're hearing other reports from the New York, New York Times, the Washington Post, and other reporters. You're getting all these different facts that are being leaked to different people. I should say all this information being leaked to different people. I don't want to use the word facts there. But all this misinformation that's going out there is being thrown out there to confuse the public. The facts are known by the Secret Service. The facts are known by the Justice Department. The facts are known by John Pierre. But what they say is misinformation. That's the disservice. That is where we as Americans need to insist that they stop their lying tongues from flapping and that they start giving us the facts. We want the official reports. That's what we want. And that's why the House committee is getting all over this. Now you got Reuters. Reuters is also talking about how administration officials are able to offer tours of parts of the West Wing to friends and family members. So now they're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can have staff-led tours here all the time. You know, and, you know, the bottom line is, I mean, they, they you know, you've got people in Congress right now demanding that they get the facts. So you've got people in Congress demanding, okay, from the Secret Service, information on how they screen visitors for the White House. They want to get all this. They're going to try to say, they're going to try to claim that these are tourists that snuck in with cocaine. You know, Congress and the American people, folks, deserve to know how this cocaine got here. And I would tell you, I want to know. We all want to know. And it's just an amazing phenomenon because, as I stated, what's a, what, what I think is compelling on all this is that you're, you're, wanting, you're watching these people do all the shuffle and everything else. And, you know, and, and they're being asked questions. So, you know, Jean-Pierre does her little press conference, okay? And, uh, you know, she runs, she runs for cover when, when she's asked the question about photo evidence proving her wrong. So... There's been some irresponsible reporting the Biden family was not there Friday. That was the claim. They said the Biden family wasn't there that Friday, so the verdict was false. That's that's the bottom line. According to the White House pool reporters, the Biden family only left the White House Friday evening. So White House Secretary, Press Secretary Jean-Pierre, was asked during Friday, yesterday's press briefing, she was asked to elaborate on the, on the bizarre response by her deputy, Andrew Bates, who cited the Hatch Act on Thursday in declining to answer whether cocaine that was found, okay, the cocaine belonged to o Biden or his son, okay? So you got somebody asking the question, was it yours or was it your son's cocaine? And, you know, you had Andrew Bates say, well, the Hatch Act prevents federal employees from politi politicizing while out of the job. So again, and Jean Pierre, which is ridiculous. Which and so Jean Pierre defends Bates, and she claims it was incredibly irresponsible to ask the question. So we're we're being accused of being irresponsible because we want to know where the cocaine came from. I claim the irresponsibility is on Jean Pierre for not coming forth with facts. She should not do another press briefing until she can come clear with what's. The fact, what the facts are. How much cocaine was found? Where exactly was it found? And as we've already seen some of the members of Congress, they want to know how tourists are screened. I can tell you folks, nobody goes into the West Wing of the White House without passing through all kinds of electronic screening. We know that. Okay? But again, they were asked, and uh, Byron York asked the question, so so where'd the cocaine come from? Was it, was it you know, was it 
you know, did, did the cocaine bomb belong to the Biden family? And then Jean-Pierre said, there's been some irresponsible reporting about the family. I've been very, very clear the Biden family was not there. They were Camp David. Well, again, that's a lie. We know that. We know the Biden family was there until Friday evening. So we know that. Okay. Okay. So anyway, she, she slammed what she called irresponsible reporting and claimed that the Biden family went in the White House. But they were there, folks. They were there. Because, because by that, that's contradicted, folks, by contemporaneous reporting by the White House pool, which said the Biden family had, in fact, been in the White House, including, including Hunter Biden on Friday until leaving that evening for Camp David. So the pool reported, report supplied by Eugene Daniels on Political on uh, yesterday, I should say on Friday, I'm sorry, it's Friday, June 30th, he stated, that Fuller saw Jill Biden and, uh, you know, the grandkids and Hunter and climbing into presidential SUVs at about 6.30 in the afternoon. So, again, you know, that's a fact. They know that. So, moreover, there's a photographic evidence to back up the pool reports that the Associated Press published following <clears throat> following the, the photo on, Ju on June 30th showed both Joe and Hunter leaving Fort McNair for Camp David. It shows, you know, Hunter walking and Joe Stumbling and uh, trying to get over there. And the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, was also asked about the cocaine. And he said it wasn't his, okay, uh, which was allegedly found. It wasn't, you know, he denied there was any national security implications that deterred in the Secret Service. I, I guess maybe he also said it wasn't his. I don't know if that was something he said. But I'm sure if he was asked, Jake, was that your cocaine? He would say, no, no, not mine. Now, mind, I got mine. I don't need that. You know, these, these people, I'm just telling you, folks, it's insane. I, I'm amazed that, that there's just so nonchalant about the cocaine in the situation room. I'm, I'm blown away by it. Absolutely both blown away by it. You know, it, it's like what's what's people are overlooking on all of this is that you have, you go through all these multiple security checkpoints, okay? I mean, you, you go through all these places, okay? And all these things that the visitors are subjected to. Okay, I mean, you got people that worked in the White House with Trump administration and all and the all access pass they received, noting out how people at the le at that level of clearance do not do not often receive the same security treatment as lower level visitors. So he's there are people like like Gorka. Gorka was just talking about this and he was commenting. He said, look, I mean, it had to be somebody at upper level security clearance because. They don't go through the lower level security that you know low level visitors do. You know, they they uh they they have an all access pass. They just go where they want. So you know he, he claimed that and this is what Gorka made a comment on. He said if you're if you're a certain category like 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 he was with a blue all access pass to the White House or a member of the family, if you come into the White House in a vehicle, your vehicle isn't searched. You may have a you may have a canine EOD inspection, which is pretty random, but they don't even open your vehicle. You can bring in anything. Okay, so he's talking about how lower level staffers, visitors, and members of the press don't get that same lax treatment. That's what he's saying. They don't get that. So these are the facts that, that are out there. This is what we have to understand. And Gorka's pointing this out because I think it's important that we all understand. This is how you know it had to be somebody that had that all access access because somebody like well like jake sullivan or hunter biden or joe biden or other people 
and upper level access. They have the all access access. They don't they don't go through these checkpoints. Okay, they don't have them. But if you're if you're like if you're a member of the press or a visitor, that's not the case. You go through all these checkpoints, all these places. They check you out. You know, I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, you know, that's it has to be a member of the family or a very senior person working at the White House. That's the bottom line. It's got to be a member of Biden's family or a very senior person at the White House. That's what I was telling. That's why when I say to you, when Jake Sullivan, I, I kind of mock, he didn't, he wasn't asked the question. I would have asked him, but he wasn't asked. Was that your cocaine? Uh, the bottom line is, uh, it had to be somebody with senior access like Jake Sullivan or other people or family members because they're the only ones that have the nonchalant checkpoints. They just go right through stuff. They have all access pass. They can bring anything they want. So the original recording from the hazmat team said that, said that cocaine had been found, okay, in a library, again, which according to the Daily Mail, is part of the public tour experience by others daily. So they, they claimed it was in the library. Then it was discovered it was actually on the floor in a travel area. So, I mean, again, that's the evolving the evolving misinformation that comes out, okay? But while the dispatch recording clearly says library, a source familiar with the incident told the Daily Mail that, that the cocaine was found inside the executive mansion but was discovered in a work area in the West Wing, okay? So neither the White House nor Secret Service explained how a person with cocaine in their possession managed to bypass security. That's what we're looking at. So again, they're asking this. And, and this is what Gork is talking about. I, I mean, look, I, I can tell you, you know, you know, bottom line is, I mean, the the the, the cocaine, they're, they're they're all declaring it doesn't belong to them. They're all saying it's not mine, not mine. Okay, you know, they, they don't have a response to be to that because with the, they have to be careful to hatch act. That's ridiculous. That's a statement that's utter utter ridiculousness. They have to, I got to be careful of the hatch act. I can't answer that question. Okay, I, I can't answer that question, okay, because, no, it's the Hatch Act. So, I mean, that's ridiculous, okay, but but make no mistake about it. You got, you know, I mean, this is where it is. So, now you've got, the, again, the House Oversight Committee now is coming out. They're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to investigate this. This is very shameful. This is a very shameful moment. You know, they're going to, James Comer uh, from Kentucky sent a letter to Secret Service Kimberly Cheatley on, on Friday, again, you know, I don't know how this director, I mean, is this director capable of understanding and, and, and creating it or securing a crime scene? Who secured the crime scene? I want to know who secured the crime scene. Okay, this is what the House Oversight Committee needs to figure out. Who secured the crime scene? Okay, was there declared a crime scene? Was was it even declared a crime scene by the by the Secret Service and No Justice Department? I mean, the bottom line is, folks, this stuff, it's unacceptable, shameful. It should never have happened. Okay, it's, it's a look. It, the presence of illegal drugs in the White House, Secret Service uniform officers, okay, aren't answering correctly. Okay, but they're certainly not giving this information. I mean, a plastic baggie of white powdery substance during a routine patrol. This is how it's found. I mean, come on, they find it some cubby hole. They found it, you know, where it shouldn't have been. I mean, they, they, you had the fire department already saying skull came and said they're saying they're going to get it off to some testing and we'll have it by Labor Day. We'll find out who had their fingerprints on it. I mean, but now now you've got the fire department saying it was found on the floor. You had other people in the library. Other people found it in a cubby hole at the 
at an entrance for the uh, staffers and official visitors, which leads to the lower level of the West Wing that's near the Situation Room. Staffers can also bring personal guests to the entrance. So this is what they're trying to claim. But we can have the confidence that the Secret Service is being assisted by the wonderful FBI Department, and now they're reviewing surveillance tapes and visitor logs. So now they're trying to figure out, okay, folks, they're just buying for time in this evolving privacy, okay? Again, how crime scenes evolve. You know, I, I, I like watching shows like 48 Hours where you see the crime scene, you see the crime, you see the crime scene, the crime scene secured, all the crime scene facts and details are put together, all the evidence is secured and, and put away, and now you have facts, okay? And when they come to the when they, when they come to the to the public through the reporters, they always bring the facts of what they found. Of course, they hold back facts because they want to make sure that they don't reveal too much so that when they find a suspect, they can try to figure out if the suspect is, uh, is, is knows what's been not reported so they can know the suspect knows things he shouldn't know unless he was a participant in the crime. So, what, But in this situation, you have something totally different. You have a crime committed, and then you have the law enforcement uh, basically throwing out misinformation at different points to different media outlets, create all this confusion in the public. So they're not exactly trying to release crime scene facts. They're certainly not trying to hide things so that they can figure out. So when they question Hunter Biden and say, was this your cocaine? He's not going to say, well, you know, I mean, describe what cocaine looks like. He's going to know exactly whether it says or not. But they're going to ask, they're going to ask facts. They're going to have facts. They're going to say, you were in this corridor. They can know where that cocaine was. Folks, trust me when I tell you. That building is secure. They have motion detectors. They have floor sensors. They have air sensors, ceiling sensors. They've got all these sensors everywhere in that building. There's nobody goes in that building that's not searched, but they don't know. Unless, of course, they have an all-access pass like Hunter Biden would have. They can go anywhere he wants, when he wants. They'd have to sign in. And, you know, they're doing these patrols. Did they find the cocaine? I mean, is it was it overlooked? Is it something that was there for, I mean, you had Jean-Pierre saying, well, we, we don't really know how long it was there. So now she's trying to say, again, try to create doubt. Were the patrols done? Are they thorough? Are they thorough uh, patrols? Would they normally find out? Would they normally find out the details on the cocaine or not? Is this something that they would normally discover? You know, on a patrol, would they pay attention to places like cubby holes in the Situation Room? Would they notice a bag of white substance, okay, laying around? Would they see it? She's creating the doubt in the minds of the public when she says, well, we don't know how long it was there. Now they're saying, oh, well, there could be a tourist that came in. Okay, so they got all these possibilities. They're throwing it all out there. All this is is an attempt for them to cover up the crime, to booger up, to, I, I want to say, to to throw off investigators, to throw the hound off the scent, to throw the hound off the scent. That's what their goal is. Okay, they, they want to throw the hound off the scent. Folks, I'll tell you, they... There's a they, there's a name for that. It's, it's a crime, okay? It's uh, an interfering with an investigation, lying to authorities. I mean, th this is what's happening. Who's lying to authorities? I mean, the authorities are lying to the public. This is what's happening. The, the, we got the fox lying to the public about why, about who it was that went into the hen house and got all those hens and ate up all those hens. The fox is saying, well, leave the investigation to us. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out who went in there, went in that hen house, and got all those eggs and killed all those heads. Leave it to us foxes. We'll figure it out. This is what you've got right now. 
in the White House. You got the people who are in charge of the investigation whose sole purpose is to cover up the facts of the investigation. They don't want it out there. So here we have the evolving crime scene and the misinformation that comes out, not facts, but misinformation that comes out. Well, this is, again, I'm, I mean, this is why I think you, you've got the uh, House Oversight Committee come up. They, they, they want to find this out, okay? But they're not going to get anywhere with it. Oh, they, they won't get the facts. What will happen is by the time they can call these hearings, there'll be, there'll be so much misinformation out there, nobody's going to know anything. And they could simply claim that a cleaned-up crime scene, okay, uh, they know that, that there's no there there. It was some tourist. They haven't figured out who's, whose it is. They're already saying it's not likely we're going to find out whose cocaine it is. They're already saying that. I mean, this is what the insane part of this. It's like I said, a crime's committed. You watch the police detectives getting onto the crime, and they're already out there saying it's not like we're going to find out who it is. Is their heart in finding out who the culprit is? When they're already saying it's not likely they're going to find out, is their heart really in it? Is their spirit really in it? Do they want to know the truth? Or is the truth scare them? Or is the truth something they're trying to cover up? This is the fact that we all have to understand, folks. This is what's that this is what I'm blown away by. Okay? Of all the things we talk about, and believe me, there's a lot we can talk about in the news. This is to me the most unbelievable I've ever seen. Okay, drugs like cocaine being found in the White House near the situation, right? This situation. This is the West Wing. And You've already got them trying to say, well, it's tours. We got some tourists bringing. I mean, this is the craziness of it all. Well, anyway, I got to jump into gears on something else because we're running out of time. I did want to get to the job numbers. I think what's really compelling on this is we have to understand that the job numbers, what they are and how this is coming out. First off, you have the unemployment uh, numbers coming out. There were 209,000 jobs created in June. Now, you, when we see numbers like that, we have to understand Wow, we say, what, 210,000 jobs, 209,000 jobs created. That's a lot of jobs created. What we're not talking about is the amount of people that leave the workforce every month. Now, we have a shrinking workforce in America, folks, because we need to, we need to create 350,000 plus jobs every month in order to keep up with the re with the people getting out of the workforce for whatever reason, whether it be retirement or whatever, or going into the underground economy, or whether they want to, uh, you know, just go into business for themselves, whatever it is, okay? People leaving the workforce. There's 350,000 people, a, a, you know, a month leaving the workforce. Most through retirement, but there's others that get in and leave for other reasons. So we're only creating 210,000. We lost... 100, 100 plus thousand jobs. We lost our workforce shrank another 100,000 last month, to my point. When we created 280,000 a month prior or 300,000 a month prior, our workforce shrank less than that, maybe 30,000, 40,000. But because we are consistently creating less than 300,000 jobs every month, our workforce is shrinking about 100,000 jobs a month. Now, you don't need to be a mathematician to figure it out, but you do need to avoid Common Core to figure this out. Without using Common Core math, we can safely say that we're losing almost a million and a half jobs a year. Okay? That I should say, the employment market is shrinking about a million and a half workers a year. 
Okay, the number of employed Americans. What's interesting is um, that's what we have to realize, okay? It is shrinking under Biden. The number of employed Americans is shrinking. That's the Biden economy. That's the fact that you can bank on in debt. This is what we have to understand about the workforce. So you're having a lot of people leaving the workforce, okay? People are actually quitting. This is what's amazing. Okay, the number of people quitting their jobs topped 4 million for the first time in five months. So the high number of, of people quitting their jobs is typically a sign that people feel confident that jobs are so plentiful. This is what's happened. Jobs are plentiful. See, in, in, a, in a separate report last week, payroll processor ADP said the private sector added 500,000 workers to payrolls in June, more than twice that economists forecast. Job openings dipped to 9.8 million in May if we revised equal 10.3 million. So openings hit an all-time high after 12 minutes. There's so many job openings. This is what they're talking about. Now, we have so many job openings because we, we have so few people in the workforce. This is what's amazing. Don't miss this. We have perfectly competent, capable people leaving the workforce so they can collect unemployment, okay? They can live on the government, okay? See, prior to the pandemic, openings never hit 8 million. They never hit 8 million. We have an all-time high at 12 bank. We actually have more job openings now than we had, you know, uh, prior to the pandemic. We have almost double that. I mean, under Donald Trump, yet you, you, I mean, we, we, I mean, we had about six million job openings. That's what we had. We had the economy was humming, and we had, but the, but the employed Americans, people stayed in the workforce. It was a different culture. People actually went to work. I mean, you actually had more employed Americans than you have now. We have fewer employed Americans today than we had then, okay? That's the thing you can't understand. As I stated before, we had, uh, you know, you had uh, decline. You had, when, when you're having people leave the, the job, the workforce, you have all these people leaving the workforce every, every month, and you have to have people getting back into it to offset it, or you have a declining workforce. We folks have a declining workforce. We have... A declining workforce. That's the point I'm trying to make. Okay, that is not the side of a healthy economy. That's the side of people saying, I, I'm getting out of this. I'm going to go into business for myself. They're going to create an underground economy. Now, an underground economy is when people work for cash. For instance, you got trades like electricians who go into an underground economy and go to work for themselves and start giving discounted rates to their friends and family and neighbors and whatnot. You get enough of these people in the community and they can literally take business away from electricians that are out there trying to earn a living in companies. So they're hurting. The underground economy undermines official businesses because the underground economy becomes the, the what, you know, again, it takes away from the official businesses. It takes work away. And the regulations and the rules, if you will, that businesses are held to, the requirements that businesses have to meet, whether it be income tax with withdrawals or anything else, social security taxes, whatever they have to withdraw and pay to, to the government becomes, again, they're fighting people who don't pay any of it. It's a cash economy. So if somebody comes over and puts a plug in your house or puts in a ceiling fan for 150 bucks, that $150 is cash. It doesn't go anywhere. There's no claim of it. When somebody installs a component in their home and there's a check written to, to cash or there's cash paid, then there's no record of the transaction. 
Okay, so there's no record of the transaction. Therefore, it takes away from the companies that do that sort of work. Okay, underground economy is big in the, in the automobile repair industry. You've got shops out there all, all over the place, all over the country. You've got automotive repair shops that have all these technicians that are there getting paid flat time, which means they're really good technicians because they can process 10 hours of work in an 8-hour day. Okay, that's, that's, that's an efficient technician who gets paid good money. Well, the shops that have those people work there, those shops... Uh, have to employ those people, and, and they have to go through all the, the regulations and requirements that the government's pushing through to have employees and, again, meet all the requirements to actually have the overhead of a shop and everything else. Well, they they are up against the backyard mechanics that use their shops and their tools. So the guy that goes into business for himself that leaves the job market goes into business for themselves. This is what a declining employment field looks like. Many of these people are leaving the employment field, going to work for themselves, using their own skills and talents, their own tools and whatnot, and their own private property to go to work for themselves and make money and, in a cash business, okay? And uh, quite honestly, folks, this is what defeats countries. Countries like Greece have very large underground economies. When an underground economy becomes too big, so big it can become part of 20 30 40 percent of the economy when that happens it's a big deal okay so we got to be careful of this so when you see a declining workforce we have to know that some of that must much of that are experts coming out of the workforce going into business for themselves so they can better pay their bills and make their ends meet and pursue their level of happiness well folks we have to leave it there thanks to all of our listeners for being with us today on this beautiful Global Warming Saturday right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL AM Radio. Folks, thanks for being with us. See you later on today for a great show, uh, The Watchmate at 1 p.m. Tune in for that as well. And uh, but see you next week, folks, on The Point. I'm Clay Breeze. Goodbye for now.